You're listening to Almost Diplomatic, DC-based podcast that discusses geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome back to Almost Diplomatic. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me today is... Kevin Truitt. Tom Durham. Mute button. Yes. <laughs> and we're recording on May, May 4th, 2020. So it's been a while, but uh, welcome back, Tom. Thank you. Glad to be back, Ryan. And may the 4th be with you. And with you as well. And with your spirit. <laughs> a Catholic joke. <laughs> and, also, <laughs> and, also, and also with you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's get, made the it's get made that the shit point. out of here. <laughs> hey, the Jedi Jedi Council, you know, twenty six decreed it was and with your spirit. Okay, moving on. <laughs> your with your uh, Force Ghost. Anyway, <laughs> so it is May the fourth, twenty twenty, and so we're gonna be doing another Star Wars episode naturally, and we're not gonna cover really the the last season of, of the Clone Wars season seven, which ended today on May the fourth. Um, which was like, you know, it's been years and we're kind of a long time in the waiting. I think we even talked about this in the past Star Wars episodes. Like, hey, we'll, we'll do one after this show finally, finally comes out. And finally did. There's a lot of cool stuff that happened and we liked it. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about it. But uh, first, well, I'm the only one drinking. So we're going to get to my drink, which is I'm drinking a blue margarita. It's like my, my fill-in for blue milk. You're again with the blue margaritas? Yeah. That... Yeah, that's really blue. Yeah, it's 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 bright blue. I took a picture. I'll put it on Instagram. I think later, but <laughs> it's like yeah. I think it, I think it's working because the lights coming from down because it's just like but it's it's like a it's a bright fluorescent blue. It tastes okay. That's good, right? Triple sec is better than Curacao or whatever. However you say it. Curacao. Yeah, yeah. That stuff is that stuff sucks. It's not great. I have so much of it left over though. <laughs> Mostly, mostly why I'm trying to use it, but also because Star Wars. But uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to our our previous Star Wars episodes. You want to listen to just if you don't want to. We have episode 47, Revenge of the Deep State. It basically the prequels of the Clone Wars that era, and we talk about the legitimate grievances of the Separatists, failings of the Republic, and the hubris of the Jedi. And then we do episode 50, New Republic, Old Problems. We do basically Return of the Jedi to the Force Awakens. Like the Fall Empire, Rise of the New Republic. So Military Disarmament Act, Centrist Populist, and talk about freedom versus security. But today we're talking about the Siege of Mandalore, which that was the last four, that arc really started the last four episodes of uh, the Clone Wars, and uh, the best episodes of it so far. Yeah, so the the Siege of Mandalore is kind of the, the penultimate conflict of the Clone Wars, and uh, takes place uh, between uh, so Mandalore is currently under control of an old friend, uh, Darth Maul, uh, who is now crime lord, uh, and he's running the planet. and the Mandalore. Yeah, and, and he is the Mandalore. So he's, or, or he's in- according to Death Watch, he is. It's a yeah. complicated thing. So he he won a fight earlier in the series uh, for control of the planet and. Uh, many don't recognize that, particularly uh, what's her name, uh, Bo-Katan. Yeah, Kreese. Uh, yeah, who is the sister of the 
I don't want to get too into it. Anyway, she's 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 wants to liberate her planet from this tyrant, former Sith Lord, uh, the artist formerly known as Darth Maul, and yeah, so she recruits Ahsoka Tano, who is one of the main characters of the show, former Jedi, and the Republic to come help her. Yeah, and it, it's kind of it was problematic at the beginning because it's like, well, the question is, of, like when they when they bring it up and they finally meet and discuss it, they're like, so. I don't know if this is really legal. <laughs> yeah, like it was kind of the you know they mentioned that they're breaking all sorts of treaties with Mandalore, uh, particularly just yeah the idea of like attacking a, a neutral party and a sovereign you know independent um, system. So I'm glad they at least like brought that part up uh, because it is just kind of like. <laughs> You know, normally yeah. if the Republic had survived, this would cause a whole bunch of other issues. But conveniently, like in the end, <laughs> it really doesn't because you think the Empire fuck all cares about, you know, those treaties. Yeah, because Mandalore is still, uh, you know, a member of the Republic. They're one of the neutral parties of the of the war, at least. But you know, they're still a, it's it's like if you're the, like a Euro European army invaded Hungary and just like, okay. <laughs> Or it's like if in the middle of, uh, yeah, like World War Two, um, you know, like the Allies went and grabbed some random nations. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> they weren't a part of this, but all right then. <laughs> it's like if we yeah. invaded Mexico, or or actually it'd be like Spain because you know Spain was taken over by Franco a couple years prior, but remained neutral True. throughout the war. Or at the same time, actually. I mean, because, like, Mandalore is, like, so far out there in the Outer Rim. I mean, in a way, I don't know, like, the, in a way, like, the victory and Mandalore, um, like, at the end of it, it kind of made me just think of, like, you know, Ahsoka doing this while... Because you know what's actually going on because of Episode 3. Um, this essentially is kind of like uh, Andrew Jackson taking New Orleans, even though the War of 1812 had ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because he didn't know that they didn't know where it ended. Like this is just basically Stonewall Ahsoka. Just uh, oh wait, that's a different yeah. joke. But anyway, <laughs> you, you get my idea. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Well, it's also I mean the other difference is the separatists weren't yeah. the ones. So the enemy of the Republic weren't the ones who uh, took over Mandalore. It's just a it was an internal ish regime change. Yeah. Uh, so this this fight is actually driven more by the Jedi's interests than the Republic. Oh, I guess somewhat Republic interests because they don't want an unfriendly Mandalore uh, or for it to cause problems. But it really is more of a Jedi interest because uh, so the clones that go the 332nd uh, clone division. Yeah, the unit uh, that goes. Uh, well, is, isn't the 501st that goes? Well, it's so Parts the 332nd is broken off from the 501st. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it had cool designs. Yeah, which makes the final battle so tragic. But... <laughs> we'll so, get so, to that. We'll get yeah. to that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of nuts because, like, it's it's looking back, it's also um, Prime Minister Almec of Mandalore was, like, the legitimate ruler, and there was no, like, no one, there was no proof that Maul was really going for the shadows. They just kind of just knew it. So this there was no real good legal or proof-wise kind of thing to invade. They're kind of just like, ah, fuck it. We're going to, like, because you think about the time when they, they were going to ask the Jedi Council, they were dealing with the Battle of Coruscant, and the Palpatine, who would be usually kind of uh, authorized this type of thing, is 
is like either being quote unquote kidnapped <laughs> or or uh, in the process of that happening. So it's like there's like nah, just go ahead and do it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, which is which is interesting because why this 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 is all happening and the audience knows this is all happening on the backdrop of Revenge of the Sith. So the this arc begins right before uh, the Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan go to Coruscant and the big battle at the beginning of that movie. And they save the Chancellor, they kill Dooku. And, and so this arc is occurring simultaneously with the movie. And so it's building up all this tension uh, towards later. I know. I just I, I loved all those scenes where they, they kind of they, they cut in from from episode three, or just like oh, yeah. oh, oh like this is where we are. Well, what happened to Dooku? Well, Anakin killed him. Now oh, shit. That's, <laughs> the yeah. Jedi's mad. The Jedi are <laughs> mad. <laughs> yeah, and they talk about like you know if the Chancellor is like a threat to democracy and all this kind of stuff. And like I I I, I rewatched um, episode three today. Uh, just to kind of like, well, mostly fast forward to those parts and some other, you know, some other scenes and that kind of stuff, just kind of get a, a feel for it. But, I mean, and then, so I got a question, like, we finally get to the, we finally get to Mandalore and Sindari, the capital, we're doing all that kind of stuff. Does it seem like, do you, who do you think was better fighters, the Mandalorians or the clones? Because I feel like whenever there was this, like, one-on-one, like, it was, like, one-on-one fight, you just, you see Mandalorian killing a clone or a couple clones. I mean, yeah, part of it is the, man, like, the average Mandalorian is a lot better equipped. Um, the part of it is, like, the clones are pretty, just sheer numbers is the main part of them. Um, and also, I think... Eastern Front. Yeah. <laughs> the same, basically, largely. <laughs> um... But you did see, like, when they were coming in, they'd still be shooting down a few from the sky and yeah. whatnot. So, I mean, there wasn't wasn't an entire mismatch, but it was just... And they even alluded before that they didn't have enough clones to, like, hold the planet very long. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. Like, they're they're like, we so have a, we're about to do an illegal action, and we don't even have enough to hold it. You know, it's <laughs> it's like, let's... I know uh, Iraq isn't a part of this, so let's... Uh, we don't have enough people to hold it, but uh, let's take Baghdad. <laughs> Real quick, in and out, just five minutes. Huh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what the plan was. You know what it makes me think? It makes me think of uh, of Game of Thrones and like when um, Theon took Winterfell. He's like of my ten guys. Well, so the military actually has a term for this. So it's phase four planning, which is the planning for occupation withdrawal, uh, which is one thing that I actually read most of the first part of the Iraq War. Uh, report which was it's almost a thousand pages long it's really long um but this is the one thing they keep banging and banging on is like you know we didn't have a plan like we just assumed things would fall into place and i think in the context of mandalore they were going in with allies so you know they were supported by uh bo-katan and her death watch separatists rebels well, so there, it was, there's a large portion. I mean, the majority of Mandalore at this point is civilians who pacifists. have long been pacifists and are being rolled over at the time by uh, parts, the parts of Death Watch, which was sort of the bad guys at one point. You know, they're the more militant, I guess, a terrorist group. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it's definitely it's a planet that like has, you know, growing into a more, I don't know. Because Star Wars tech is so different than, in other words, like I guess modern in terms of like it's just 
developing its Game Pass just be, being solely like you know a war based uh, economy, and then so that seems to be a lot of the internal struggle. Yeah, that that Viking life. I know. I mean, yeah, the but, Vikings had to settle at some point. <laughs> but they've also, I mean, they've been a pet, like it's it's a clash of there. This there is at earlier in the series, there's the clash between the the reformed Mandalore, which was you know essentially a pacifist country, stayed out of the war, uh, but they still have that long tradition of being you know, brutal warriors. It's, it's in a ways in a way. I mean, it's not a really great person, but it's kind of a how like the the warrior side trying to bring it back again it's almost like they're trying to be uh like Mussolini's Italy tapping into the Roman ethos <laughs> we will be Rome again we will be this grand thing which is like which is, that is what it is like in a sense yeah. it's like it's trying to tap into their glorious past we'll reclaim it because that's always what that type of uh this type of despots are about is like it's always about reclaiming a great past that was stolen but don't worry with me we'll do it make Mandalore great again <laughs> I mean, that was the idea. Yeah, well, it, it, they they saw their culture, the traditional Mandalorian culture, as, you know, they excluded the parts where Mandalore got its ass kicked again and again just because they would try to fight everyone. Um, and then they're, and because they're manipulated by the Sith. Yeah. The, yeah, way uh, back when. Yeah, if you yeah, have that part still. I guess from what I understand, Disney keeps that part, like old Mandalore, it's, like all that it's stuff from back then is like its own separate thing that's not canceled like the expanded universe but it's not we don't know yet (laughs) it's yeah it's it's legends but it's not it hasn't been erased from canon because until they make i I mean i think they should include in canon there's so much interesting stuff there or at least or at least revisit that time period i do hope they have like a series of movies to kind of explore that and at least the concepts and stuff from it but we're getting off track (laughs) yeah yeah as per usual but yeah i mean so but then in the end, uh, it works out, and uh, they catch Maul. But the, the problem is, like, up to leading that point, uh, it was all part of Maul's plan. Well, like, actually, no, actually, actually, I want to go back because like, um, the people in Mandalore are really kind of looking down on this situation because they're just like, oh, this, this occupying, this foreign occupying power is now here. Oh, this is terrible. And I think like Almac makes the comments of Bo-Katan, like, like you know, these people will. Uh, you know, people are gonna hate you for this, or basically view you as the enemy. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to stop you and kill Maul. And it's just like, fair enough. Yeah, kind of... it sets the the scene for a future. I mean, we know that the Empire ultimately comes to control, uh, yeah. comes to control Mandalore, which is seen in this, the Rebels series, which takes place, I think, fifteen years or starts fifteen years later. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, and, I, and I, I, I think the rebellion is about like a year or so out from. The Battle of Yavin, supposedly, I think. Well, well, that's like the the because there's like a gap at one point. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so we we learn much later that Mandalore is, if not occupied by the Empire, it's it's controlled by the Empire. It's Imperial world. Yeah. Well, but it's uh, and one of the one of the characters, Gar Saxon, uh, is uh, who ends up being the the leader of Mandalore under the Empire imperial rule is uh introduced actually they they kind of slip him in as he's one of maul's guys but one of the interesting things is maul his whole thing is like i'm gonna go to i'm controlling mandalore i'm using it to protect myself because i know what's coming like he knows that the sith are gonna take over the galaxy here in a minute 
He's just like the crazy uh, old guy in the corner, like, it's coming. Yeah, it's like, the end is near. <laughs> Except, you know. He was right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I still have mixed feelings about them bringing Maul back from the dead and the whole thing. But at the same time, like, in the end, the way, like, from beginning to end, like, they, they did a good job of it. Just the weird having him randomly appear at the end of Solo just only confused the mainstream normies. <laughs> that is fair. But I if was, you knew he was still alive, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. And I was just like, uh, but they're not going to make another movie because it did so badly because for some reason, cause I, the movie was actually think, pretty good. I liked it a lot. It there is, I think it, yeah, it was bad timing. It's just like it came between the Avengers and um, uh, Deadpool 2. Like, just put it in December, like the others. Like, even yeah. if you're done with it early, like just put it in December, because that's what it, that's the impression they gave everybody was that for five years straight or so, every December there's gonna be a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Fine Disney with was Christmas. gonna like just huddle over the month of December for years straight and just like, this is mine. It's no longer Christmas. We'll not have now a best-selling movie in this in this month for as long as you live. Christmas is gone. Now it's Mousemas. <laughs> Oh, you oh, want to have Christmas, do you? <laughs> Too fucking Over my bad. dead fucking body. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so so we we leave Mandalore occupied by clones. You can tell there's already people aren't very happy with this. Uh, and that will go much later into like Rebels, you see like the Mandalorians are split into different the different houses and different factions. The planet itself is under control of the Empire, more or less. Um and that sets up future conflict. But for now, that's where the clones, or at least Ahsoka and Captain Commander Rex, leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it basically, I mean, Mandalore is on a good point. At this point, like, the, the, the good Death Watch are now in control of Mandalore, and Bo-Katan is supposedly now the leader. So it's kind of like, okay, this is, they're, 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 sitting, they're sitting pretty. The clones are still there to kind of just help out, but most of them are, you know, who knows where the other ships went. If they went, if they went somewhere else. They didn't put somewhere else, where they just stayed there. Because um, then one Star Destroyer Star went back to to, uh, to deliver Maul in his creepy Hannibal Lecter coffin yeah. thing, which of course the Mandalorians would have one of those. Oh yeah, and where she was just like, oh, this is the last one left. I was just like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're gonna tell her at least. I swear, yeah, we don't have any more mustard gas. Those days are over. <laughs> Good Where's people. Where's the storage here? Uh, research? We, we have no, <laughs> there's no WMDs in Iraq. Well. Uh, <laughs> uh, too soon. Too real. So, yeah, I mean, and it goes to... That's when it kind of like really, like, the... I guess the emotional story starts happening because it's like, they're, they're talking, like, oh, you know. And, I, like, Kat, we, we talked about this before. Like, so the clones, like, we kind of... They had... They were weird about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think one of the things... The, this this arc wrapped up is that the and I, a lot of people want to talk about this is that the series isn't about Anakin and Obi Wan so much as it's about the clones and Ahsoka in in many respects like they're the main it like I mean they're all main characters but the clones are portrayed in a way in the series as real people with personalities and you know yeah they were grown in vats and they were trained you know for war but. They really hit home in that that scene with Ahsoka and Rex talking because Ahsoka kind of 
explains that, you know, I was born to be a Jedi to protect the peace, but I've just been a warrior the whole time. Uh, and Rex says, you know, like it's the mixed feelings about the war because the clones themselves were created for the war, but they also, you know, aren't sad that they're alive. I mean, although maybe... Yeah. It's, it's also true, like, it's... Um, like, I know they're specially modified and everything like that, but, like, I thought the show did a pretty good job of showing, like, what is it like to be, like, your existence is, you're a clone in an army where everybody else looks like you and sounds like you. Like, so you can see where they, like, distinguish themselves in various ways, some of them more centric than others. Like, um... And I sure did a fantastic job of that. And particularly uh, the guy, his name is Kate Serrano, who did the voices for all the clones, like just hats off to him for all that, just because there's a lot of episodes of that show. Like you said, it is like a lot of it is about the clones because there's lots of story arcs where about 80% of the voice acting is just this guy talking to himself. <laughs> oh, like essentially that's what it is. It, like very smart. Doing it and adjusting his voice enough away where they distinguish like all the characters and you just forget that. But there's like... Uh, like, like in the first part of this se- season where they um, had uh, like the Bad Batch, like those, like yeah, Anakin's kind of in it and other things, but really most of the time you're just watching Rex interact with all these other guys, and it's really it's all it's again it's the same guy. <laughs> and it, it's just hammering home that like this whole like while the the Separatists are fighting with you know fit, like robots, like cold unfeeling robots, like the Republic. May or may, like the ethics of the separatists being brutal and like horrible. The Republic's also using a slave army that they or like a, a homegrown slave army, you know, to fight this war. And and you see like through they, the they, show, they just, like, they just found it on the street one day too. Yeah, it was like, oh, look at this. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> well, so you say. But it, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's it's that's one of the great tragedies of the show. That one of the one of the things that Star Wars, in particular with the clones, they did a very good job of, or not a good job, but it's it's that normal uh, like when you put someone in a mask, it dehumanizes them to the audience, and it it makes it easier to just kill the shit out of them. Like it, when stormtroopers die, you're like, oh okay, like he's not a person. Or like when a clone dies in episode two or three, you're like, oh okay, like that's cool. And then you realize, like when you watch the show, you're like. Oh, those people are all those clones. Yeah. I mean, part of it was like I think people. George Lucas didn't tend to like personalize the clones and stuff like that. Um, but in a way, actually, except for seeing the show, like and then again seeing like the prequels or something, it also since the clones are just kind of there in the background, to a lot of the rest of the public, in a way, actually kind of fits even better because to the rest of the public, these guys who all had their own stories, their own like precise stuff, they're just background. They're yeah. just, you know, the red shirts dying in the background, literally yep. for all the other stuff. Like, that's the one that gets a name in episode three is just Commander Cody, who's acknowledged. And then his other line is just, it will be done, my lord, to go shoot down Obi-Wan. Like, they gave him enough enough personality to have him try to kill uh, try to kill Obi-Wan. Yeah, but like in, like in like watching the show and stuff, they're just like, oh, he's a, he's a good dude. Be like, I know what you try to do. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing is like, the show came out after episode three, so you know that the clones are going to kill the Jedi. You know all the Jedi are going <laughs> to die. You know, you know Anakin's. You know this shouldn't be a spoiler. I mean, you know Anakin's going to turn become Darth Vader. You know Obi Wan is going to go into hiding on Tatooine. You know all these things. The only, the only thing you didn't know, although going into this, you know that you know minor spoilers here. If you haven't watched Rebels, you know that Ahsoka and Rex both survive, uh, which is something that 
initially when the show started, they weren't sure whether they wanted to kill them off. Uh, yeah. But they ultimately, you know, decided to save. <laughs> Did them. it now? What are you gonna do? <laughs> also, the other the other thing. Well, I guess we'll get into six order sixty six. I don't know if you want to get into that now or. Um, there were so many great scenes where like, they're leading up to it and they're having discussions and stuff. You know, it's gonna come. The... There's so much yeah. tension. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh god. You're like, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? It was it was very secluded to that Star Destroyer. And it was like nowhere else. It didn't show closer to anywhere else. It didn't show Coruscant. The entire like basically the entire last two episodes were shot on a Star Destroyer. It was. But it's also like um it's just a good sh- like show that that show a lot of times, even though there's lots of different locations, it wasn't the like a lot of the best Star Wars stories, it it's not necessarily the granular like start of it. A lot of the times, if it's stuff that just takes place in like one or two planets, is some of the best stories. Like you don't really have to go all hopping around different places. Um, but also, like I think, it also helped with the atmosphere of the story of while all the other stuff, because you know what's going on in episode three, like how isolated out there and unaware of a lot of what was going on that Soaking all of them were, which also you know leads you to wonder like how many other like you know missions or stuff going on like that were like that throughout the galaxy yeah. yeah it's just like um it was it was i th- i really like the scene though like when when ahsoka like feels with the force like basically the the base windu and palpatine like exchange and like anakin being there and like them like them saying everything and all that kind of stuff then she walks in and like like Rex is like shaking and then he drops his helmet and just like he's just like trying to fight everything. He's just like, nope, <laughs> kill. Oh, I found uh, the name of the guy who does all the clones' voice, by the way, because his name was coming. His name is D. Bradley Baker. Uh, and if anyone wants to look him up at all, the dude's got a long like list of just movies, video games, everything he's been a part of. And now when you see him, you will not be able to, like, maybe unhear or guess, like, him and a lot of stuff. But it's also kind of crazy because it's – this dude has range. <laughs> nice. Well, obviously, he's doing the, the clones, which are all different oh, I know. people. Yeah. Different personalities. It's not just, like, we're all the same. But, yeah. But it's, we're not. That's the crazy thing. Second. People forget that uh, the best, like, animated Joker was uh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Scary. Yeah. My wife didn't believe me that that was uh, – Luke Skywalker. I had to like look up and show her and be like, "No, look at this. This is him." Yeah. And then a video of him doing it. And she was just saw like, "What kind of black magic is that?" Because <laughs> it is yeah. such a change. There, there, there's some, there's some movie. I forget what it was, but it was some garbage movie that Mark Hamill was in. And like he does, his voice is basically more like the Joker voice the entire time. I'm just like, yeah. it's him. There was it's, a movie. He's, 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 is it? <laughs> um, sidetracked mildly, like just for a second. But there was a movie that was on Netflix a couple of years ago, and I think comes on. Off, it's a documentary. It's only like seven minutes. It's called "I Know That Voice," and it just talks about voice acting. And you see a lot of voice actors do the work, and you see like how some how these voice actors um, can sound almost to a T like famous people, and so it's pretty. I don't know, it's very fascinating, just kind of that kind of world of it, because a lot of them are very well known, but you never see their faces. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't know what they look like, but you you're like, oh, I know that voice. Yeah. If you're going to be an actor, that'd be the kind of best actor you want to be because you can just walk around and no one's going to bother you. There's a hardcore nerds that will know who you are. You're like, oh, shit. I got a face made for voice acting. <laughs> that's, I think that's similar along the lines of the, this because it was made by, the documentary was made by the guy who does the voice of Bender, who did, who's in everything from like Gears of War to all sorts of cameo things. Oh, yeah. And 
Adventure Time, what have you. Um, but yeah, he makes some joke at the beginning where he's just like, "I did voice acting because they won't let me. Uh, they won't let me actually on the screen." <laughs> I think it, yeah, some kind of joke along those lines. Um, but anyway, back to Mandalore. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, okay, I know it's called a Siege of Mandalore, but my little pet peeve was it didn't seem like a siege. It was more like a, a battle. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was more like the um, surprise attack, hold briefly, get the fuck out sequence, like in out five minutes. Like, yeah. like siege <laughs> is long term. Like that's the. I don't know. I no, imagine a castle on a hill nitpick. being catapulted. <laughs> yeah, minor nitpick, but yeah, it's just. It was like more this. like it was basically like that. Uh, it was basically an extraction. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's that's fair. I mean, I guess you can call it a siege, but it was it was a quick battle. Like it didn't take more than a day for them to seize the city. Gotta have at least three trebuchets to be a siege, man. <laughs> just like, what is that? Like we have <laughs> we have. <laughs> We have we have missiles on our backpack, our, our jetpacks. What the fuck are you doing? Just like hit him with a rock. Why? <laughs> but yeah, so Order sixty six happened, and that was intense. Yeah. So I, do, I mean, it never. I think so. My personal theory is so like originally, like with Order sixty six, with the troopers stuff. If you just like watch the movies. It still just made sense because, like, the clones were programmed for absolute obedience. Mm. Um, or 66, like, another thing they, they, they know, or you know, kind of a deal. But definitely, I think, my, so my theory is that, um, hypothesis really, is that the reason they added in the whole chip thing in the story was, I think, after, as they went along and kept, like, doing the show and making the clones, like, the bond between the clones and the Jedi so much stronger... I, maybe they felt they needed an extra more legitimate, like, excuse for why did Cody just suddenly be like, nope, they'll be done, yep. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, because, like, because you can see how him and, you know, how he bonds it. Like, it's just, it's just kind of like, uh, I feel like that had, I, I think they had to add that in after they were, they'd gotten like four seasons into it, and they're like, okay, now we actually, we've created a problem for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, actually, it makes me think of um, a line from Kanan Jarrus in, in Star Wars Rebels, we get off Clone Wars a little bit. And he's just like, you know, talking about his master. He's like, yeah, the clones fought, they fought side by side for years and they gunned her down in a second. Yeah. Um, it helps. I mean, because you do like you do see the clones disobey orders when, you know, they they're thinking like there's the ones the Umbara arc where they oh, kill. Yeah, they kill the Jedi who betrays them. They don't they don't kill Krill. No, oh. no, they did. They didn't kill him. They took him. What? I thought they did kill him. Tom, did they kill Krill? I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, so he was a Jedi who had was trying to impress Count Dooku to become his apprentice because he sensed that uh, the Sith, the rise of the Sith, was coming, and he was using he was using oh, the clones to get themselves killed, and so he directed them against each other. And yeah, he was uh, oh, not yeah. a great dude. Yeah, that also just... too, um, the whole battles that take place in the, that story arc on, like, that shadowy, like, misty planet, I think are some of, the, like, the best in that whole show because it's just so, like, uh, they all have their flash on, like, just a firefight in the dark. Um, it's 
pretty crazy. There's definitely been some moments. I know oh, yeah, yeah. There's I'm definitely wa- were some moments in the show where there was just things where it's just like, wait, is this appropriate for like a ten year old? Oh, yeah, I, so I just watched the scene where uh, so they shoot Krell in the back while he's handcuffed. <laughs> It was dangerous. Yeah. yeah. But it's still just like, oh my god, so, this is a kid's show. That's why I was yeah. like, no, they didn't kill him. I was like, oh my god. I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't be the first kid's show where kids are exposed to things that violate the Geneva Convention, but <laughs> definitely wouldn't be the last. Yeah, well, because the 90s are over. Yeah, I mean, Clone Wars got pretty dark there. There's like, I remember one episode that literally opened with like the end of a space battle, and you see like, Dead clones floating in space, like Grand Silver Helmets on. You're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like you're like, there's an opening. I remember I was watching that with my friend um, years ago, and we were like binging the original like seasons, and he was just like, "Is this a kid show? This isn't Cartoon Network, right? This wasn't Adult Swim." Because this was like one of the first episodes he joined me for. I'm like, no, yeah, this is Y7. <laughs> but when you think about it, like, while it is a kid show, and you know, unfortunately, like Rebels, up until like there were moments in Rebels where it got dark, but you could tell it was a little more of a kid show. And I really did not like Resistance because it was way too much of a kid show. I fucking I, 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 I skipped Resistance. Yeah, I, I, it seemed I, like it was a I watched like, it younger. I watched it just for like the get little little pick pickets of like lore out of it, but it wasn't worth it. it just, I didn't it was finish fucking... it. I got like two episodes from the end and like whatever the second or third season. Rebels, I was like the first season. Second, was they canceled. They, can, they canceled like, it after. Yeah, like yeah. That's why, like, when I've told people to watch Rebels, I also tell them just to skip the first season or actually no, watch the last two episodes of the first season and then go from there because the tone of the show changes <laughs> quite a bit. But and then like the show, then the tone changes very much when Thrawn is introduced. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Story for a different day. This is. I mean, it is. It's. But that that is the one thing they have to strike the balance between, like, the the children, which, you know, at least on paper is the main audience, and then the people who actually watch it regularly, which is not, not, not yeah. true. Not true at all. It's, it's all the people who grew up with Star Wars. At the yeah. same time, it's the same conundrum, like, DC has to do with, uh, honestly, with Batman. Like, because a lot of the comics <laughs> or things like that are dark. They're really and like because a lot of a lot of Batman's uh, villains are honestly they're serial killers they're, you know they're psychotic and like everything but like but they have to balance it especially like the movies to still make them enough so that you know it's not rated R it's you, uh... but it's not G so it's like you know super goofy like Lego Batman but did yeah, you ever, it... did you ever watch Titans? Uh, Fuck Teen Batman! <laughs> no, no 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 like the the like the live action one they did. Oh, it was actually I, pretty good, but it was like like Robin was just violently beating, like fucking hurting people and killing people. Like it was, he didn't give a shit. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the uh, that's always like the conundrum, like that. that I guess Star Wars now kind of has, and so does uh, it's the same thing that DC's been dealing with a lot of their characters for a while. Um, is just like because what you have it does have the potential to be dark, but you need to. You gotta balance it, and there's times where they get really off, and there's times where it's very like, like season one of Rebels way too kid friendly, but then later on, like you know, then some episodes of Clone Wars was just like, what I show my nine year old this? Yeah, there was, there was <laughs> like kind of thing, like I'm just like, kind of like what I really like, you know. Like going back, there was an episode of Clone Wars, I can't remember which one it was, but it's like they kill off like understandably it's a war, they kill off a lot of people who are, like, side characters, but you're like, oh, if this was, like, this is less kid-friendly than, you know, than, like, everybody surviving and happy day. And then I think it was the end of the first season of Rebels where, like, 
one of the bad, I think it might have been this, or maybe early second season, where one of the bad guys gets killed, like a booby trap shuttle. Like, she's a minor bad guy. She, like, tries yeah. to defect. Oh, yeah. And um, she's blown up, yeah, and you're like, like oh. the minister. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, holy shit. She's, there's, she's gone. Um, like, uh, so this also brings up something I was thinking about the other day was so, remember at the beginning of, this is kind of related, but like, Rogue One, um, how the the male the male lead yeah like it's very much implied yeah he's had a rough upbringing and like the type of you know because the early stages of the rebellion they had to be a little bit more grim well they're gonna have a whole show now where he's the main character so that's I like can't wait are, is that so like but you know it's gonna be on Disney Plus so how are they gonna strike a tone on that which Mandalore are they gonna be you know like Mandalore where it's a bit <laughs> darker like. I, I think so. I think it's gonna it's gonna trend more towards our demographic, you know, like the teenage to forty year olds who are more into the grit. Because it's also like generally implied too that like because he he very much gives the impression in the movie like the things I've done like kind of stuff where it's just yeah. like okay this is going like even darker than the man. He shoots a guy in the he shoots like, a guy I know, in the back. It's, it's like, <laughs> the man floor, like was much different. It's gonna be okay. The floor, <laughs> like you, you don't have uh, Mandalore any point in time he didn't tell any of the other cast in the show or like quietly t- you know console with baby yoda like i've committed war crimes and things i've done man <laughs> like <laughs> now you're gonna have to explain that but uh speaking of uh gratuitous violence and sh- it's a kid show um darth maul when he escapes holy shit <laughs> yeah that guy he, he's just like dark he, he and fuck go, people but, up like he throws a he throws a panel and it chops their heads off he like pulls a guy it, this this episode or that the last two episodes got real <laughs> dark like or maybe it was yeah and he pulls the one guy towards the door and his like arm oh, yeah. sliced off it's like whoo because it's star wars though like so you always so like for some reason the severed limb is always like blackened at the end yeah, well, you don't no, see it. <laughs> even when it's not by a lightsaber. Well, they, they <laughs> cut out, like, blood and gore, but, like, it's implied, and you're like, well, fuck. Well, oh, one, yeah. of, one, of, one of the panels impaled a trooper on the wall. Like, basically in half, like, hung over. It's just like, they're like, what the hell is this? Like, they're just like, I'm not, like, we've seen Jedi, but what the hell is this guy? Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I think they overpowered Maul a little bit, like, compared to... Uh, yeah, I like I, I think he he felt overpowered in it, but at the same time it, it kind of drove the plot as you know he like you're seeing him just like butcher clones, whereas like Ahsoka and Rex are trying really hard to save these people that are Rex's brothers and Ahsoka's like friends and like people yeah. she's fought it, alongside. It's also kind of weird that like in the middle of it though, like I mean granted Ahsoka's is a special case that because Maul wasn't really wasn't part of the separatist army or anything. That the that they did decide like okay here's some army go off to somebody who is really not technically who's technically in the war technically not when you'd think the Jedi would have been like let's finish the war and then we'll get this dude running around the outer rim causing minor inconveniences here and there. I don't know. I mean, there's like there's like 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 a handful of Sith lords. You might want to try to catch them. Well, that I think is the driving thing is they know that Maul was Darth Sidious's apprentice. That's true. 
And so one of the that's the reason they captured him alive because especially, and, especially after Anakin killed Dooku. Yeah, so that's actually like one of the I, I, I embarrassing enough watching YouTube video that talked about this is like that's actually a retcon there where it's like the Jedi like because we didn't know like we didn't think the Jedi were pissed that he killed Dooku, but looking back at the episode, this arc uh, set it up where the Jedi wanted to capture Dooku alive, which is kind of ironic because later they want to kill Sidious, basically when he's a hothead. He makes his own rules. He does what he wants. Gets thrown out a window. <laughs> he, he does. He does. So, yeah, and they're fighting through, like, the just this whole this whole last, really, two episodes. is You're, you're watching post-Order 66, so, you know, the, the genocide of the Jedi has come about and has been ordered, and all of the clones are following their programming and killing, trying to kill Ahsoka. They even they even put it like they did put in that part where he's like, oh no, she's not a Jedi. She hasn't been for a while, and it's like I'm not gonna buy that. Like you're a traitor sure. too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think yeah. actually like so. There's one thing that like as much as I love Star Wars, it's kind of a, a reoccurring annoying gag that keeps happening is like droid does thing that messes something up droid gets caught and they're like hey you and then the and the and like they pause him and then gives the droid enough time to like get away this time they're like get him they just they're like <laughs> that yeah. was kind of loud but i have to rehear it but i thought i heard him say shoot the damn things it sounded yeah. like it okay yeah, I'm sure he did. something like that i was just like and they just blew him up and he's like yo that's actually what would happen most of the time and that's like that was that was another thing because you see the three droids helping them escape, and then they essentially get executed. And and their portrait, they're very humanized. Like R, I think it's R seven, is Ahsoka's droid throughout the show. You know, like yeah. Uh, and and these these three droids are like when she, uh, Ahsoka wakes them up, they're like, "What the fuck? Why are the clones going after the Jedi? I don't get it." So like it, it humanizes the droids as well, and then it gives them you know unpleasant deaths, which are. Very minor, you know, you obviously. It also goes into the endless problem of R2 units being not really, like, reliable. Because if you if you have this whole thing, like, planned, you kind of need to at least get, like, all the droids on the same page, too. <laughs> well, it's like, did you see um, at the at the end of that, of the final episode, uh, under the Y-Wing was, like, the, it was R7 kind of piled up? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. After uh, burying the the clones, I guess that they could find. Yeah. So essentially, long story short, major spoilers in case you <laughs> haven't it's watched delayed. it, you shouldn't be listening. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, uh, they, the Venator Star Destroyer crashes. Every single clone on it dies, uh, and Ahsoka and Rex escape in a Y wing. There's a very harrowing scene where Ahsoka has to get into the Y wing from falling through, like yeah. as the as the Venator is falling apart. Uh, and entering the atmosphere, and they both sur- they both survive, and they bury the clones, and it's it's this very touching and sad moment because, you know, Jesse, who's one of the longtime clone members, who's who essentially was the antagonist in the last episode, his helmet is there, and then all of these other helmets, which are you know Ahsoka's face tattoos, which it would also makes for a very weird Order sixty six, is all these clones oh with Ahsoka's <laughs> face on them are trying to kill her. Yeah, that's yeah, just, it was rough. It's very emotional. Yeah. Then, um, then the final scene. I, I, I liked it. I liked the final scene. Yeah. Where, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go on. So we see the planet covered in snow at some indeterminate point in the future, and 
it's all stormtroopers and or it really starts with it starts with the lambda class shuttle so like the imperial shuttle that yeah. you see in episode uh three uh landing or uh, not episode three episode six landing and uh you know you kind of know it's darth vader but you see all the stormtroopers and snowtroopers walking around uh and it's got to have been a while in the future because most of the helmets are buried in the snow and Darth, you see Darth Vader pick up Ahsoka's lightsaber that she dropped at the end of the episode uh, previous. And then as he walks away, you see the, the clone helmet. Yeah. Very touching and kind of like, oh, shit, that's that's right. That's where this went. Yeah. So we're almost out of time. So any any final thoughts like what you would have liked to have seen in the in the last episodes? Anything? I don't know. I mean, I think they did a very good... The last four episodes did a very good... I think it's four episodes, right? Did a very good yeah. job wrapping the show up. It's still, like, very fresh and raw. Like, it's <laughs> very good. Like, a lot, of, a lot of emotions, and you're, like, surprised. It's like, oh, it's a cartoon show. It's kids. But, like, you know, like, you've been with these... Yeah. Like, even if... I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but like, even just watching the season, you're like, oh, yeah, these characters. And, like, oh, you know, Ahsoka, she was so annoying and stupid at the beginning, and now she's, like, aged and and you knew you knew she was going to survive because rebels kind of spoiled that i yeah. knew she was going to survive but yeah at the same time you want to know how, and and there's, also, there's yeah there's, there's this fills in the gaps like finally like the story is done with it um i'm glad they let him they let you know let him come back to do another one because like the last season was a netflix thing which were like basically the lost episodes they didn't really have connection to it, you know, like it included like Yoda meeting Darth Bane and other stuff, and then it's like, okay, we're done. And you're like, all right. Well, and and the one arc in the last that sixth season that does fit in with this is the with was it fives? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fives. Yeah. The the brain chip, which set up set up the instance in this this episode where they figure out, or not this episode, the second, the penultimate episode where they figure out, oh, it's, a, or Ahsoka figures out, oh, it's a chip. I'll have to remove it from, from uh, Rex's head. Yeah, which was an easy operation, apparently. He just, like, zip right out. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> they knew exactly where to the get force, it. The yeah. force was with her, you know. <laughs> and then, then technology. They might, my only thing I would have been cool to see some sort of, like, clip of them, of the now just Grand Army of the Republic kind of going, or the Grand Army of the Empire, I guess, and going and and taking over other planets, like like like, like Raxus Prime, like the uh, the home home world of like the Separatist Alliance would that something like that would have been cool to see the kind of just be like them hashing out, like because like the um the the conflict, like, I mean, there were a lot of holdouts, and they lasted for another like five years or so, so it kind of didn't just end because they took out the Droid Army and killed all the Jedi. It took a little bit. I, I really like like this. This really expanded the and as like a politics and like a war and politics nerd. Like they really expanded what the Clone Wars was and like the complications of it and like the human slash alien aspects of it. Yeah, but uh, that's all the time we have. So and that was almost dramatic. Thanks, guys. May the force be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. No problem. Boop.